Hey everybody, welcome. We are very live. I'm still trying to get positioned. Uh, this is No Bones About Wrestling. It presents AEW Weekly. Uh, I am uh, one of your hosts, Asa, along with my co-host, as always, Kay Fabulous. Hey. And uh, this is AEW Weekly. It is your weekly source for all things AEW. Uh, results with some opinion thrown in. Uh, of course, our custom ranking system. Uh, we have a question of the week this week. It's back. Um, and we have some news for the fine folks. And we'll see what else. And probably some bad jokes, as always. From Asa. From me, yeah. You never tell any jokes because you have no sense of humor. No, is that right? That's absolutely correct. I'm a teacher. We're not supposed to have senses of humor. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start with AEW Dynamite, November 22nd in Chicago, Illinois. And we'll talk more about Chicago uh, later in this show, too. And you probably know what I mean already. But we're not going to talk about that quite yet. Um, Can I run down the rules of the Continental Classic? Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah the so Continental Classic. Um, on before this, uh, excuse me, on this show, yeah. Yeah, so um, with the Continental Classic, there are 12 competitors split into two separate leagues, the Gold League and the Blue League. Um, it seems as though on Dynamite we're getting Gold League and on Collision we're getting Blue League. We'll see if they stick to that pattern, but that's what it's been so far. And the rules... They're and they're going to do Rampage. They're going to do matches on Rampage also. Oh, okay. Um, I was not aware of that. Uh, so there's a 20-minute time limit for the matches. You get three points for a win. You get one point for a draw. Um, and everyone is banned from ringside. So there's and there, as far as a draw, that's like if there's a double disqualification, double count out, or the time limits in these matches are 15 minutes. Yeah, so if you go to the – it's 20 minutes, 20. excuse me. So if you go to the 20 minutes, you get a draw and get a point each. Was that it? That's it. Unless okay. you want me to run down who's in what league. Yeah, tell us real quick. Okay, so in the gold league, we have Moxley, Swerve Strickland, we have Roosh, we have Mark Briscoe, we have Jay Lethal, and we have Jay White. In the blue league, we have Brian Danielson, we have Claudio Castagnoli, uh, Daniel Garcia, Eddie Kingston, Brody King, and Andrade El Idolo. Right, and so whoever has the most points, and so each wrestler will fight each wrestler. That's where round robin is, for those of you who aren't familiar. Everybody fights everybody, so everyone will have fought five matches at the end of this. In and, their league. In their league, yeah. right. And whoever has the most points in the gold league will fight whoever has the most points in the blue league. The winner gets the new uh, triple crown, which consists of the Ring of Honor world title, the uh, New Japan Strong Openweight title, and the Continental Classic title. Which has yet to be revealed. Which has yet to be revealed, yeah. Um, it's hidden under a black shroud. A black velvety shroud. Yeah, between the Ring of Honor World title and the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight title. And Dynamite opened with a Continental Classic Gold League match between Swerve Strickland and Jay Lethal. And, of course, uh, again, I think you, you mentioned no one's allowed at ringside. This is pure wrestling. No one's allowed at ringside. No tomfoolery. Uh, no interference. 
Nothing. So obviously someone could come to ringside, but that would be a disqualification. Uh, so Swerve and Jay Lethal got at it. Swerve has been, you know, a star on the rise here lately. Uh, definitely. Jay Lethal, without his uh, oddities, uh, without his crew of oddities, uh, didn't do much uh, didn't do much to help him this week. You know, he's used to having six other people in his matches. And so he was uh, alone in this match. Mm-hmm. And uh, to end it, Swerve hit a wheelbarrow and then a stomp for the pin and the win. Gained three points in the Continental Classic. And this was a good match. Good opener. Four bones out of five. Next, Better Than You, Bebe, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, came out. The mood is celebratory. MJF says he's going to catch whomever has been running around with his devil mask. And the lights go off. The devil appears on the big screen. And the, uh, and the devil is laughing. We get to hear his voice for the first time, kind of. Right. And so for the first time... Um, we have something to base who who is the devil on besides besides you know shape kind of head shape mm-hmm. <laughs> um now we have a laugh a distorted laugh it's not a, a, a pure laugh it's distorted with uh, you know electronics like in the scream movies or something like that so who know well, who the laugh sound like I think it sounded like Ricky Starks. I thought kind of the same thing, actually, yeah. I don't think it is Ricky Starks, but I thought that's what the laugh sounded like. That's what I thought, too. Um, can I say something that happened before this? Yeah. Um, so before they went to MJF and Adam Cole in the ring, um, Renee was with Orange Cassidy, uh, Hook, and Katsuyori Shibata in the back, uh, where Orange says he has an announcement to make. Um, and before he can make his announcement, they get interrupted by Wheeler Yuta who says that he's going to go after Katsuyori Shibata's pure, uh, Ring of Honor Pure Championship uh, that left no time for Orange's big announcement. Thank you. I missed that. I don't know how I missed that. So up next, we had a trios match. FTW champion Hook, international champion Orange Cassidy, and Ring of Honor Pure champion Katsuyori Shibata taking on the remnants of the Jericho Appreciation Society, being Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, and Jake Hager. Uh, Hager was about to pin Shibata in this one, but uh, somebody showed up, and I think this was Orange Cassidy's big announcement, right? This was, yes. Uh, so somebody showed up, and it's someone who has been out of sight, but not out of our hearts. Just so, to be clear, he showed up before the match started. Right. And that was Danhausen. Danhausen made his big return finally. Uh, very glad to see him. I love him. I know he's very divisive. You know, some people love it, some people hate it. I love it. And if uh, if you don't, you know, if you don't think it's funny, I don't know. Get a sense of humor because he's funny. Uh, that I do find funny. Yeah, there is there is room for comedy in wrestling. I think you know it's a very very carefully has to be applied. Uh, but when it's done well, it's it's a lot of fun. And Dan Housen, I think, has done well. He's, he's he has a character. He's a blast. And so he's back. And Hager is about to pin Shibata, 
but Danhausen jumps up on the apron, revealing that he has Hager's purple hat that he loves so much and has been uh, missing. Hager is uh, incredulous. He chases after Danhausen, ma- managing to get cursed somewhere around his midsection, it appeared. I don't know, maybe appendicitis or something he might get. I don't know. But he got cursed. Uh, Hook lays the red rum in on Cool Hand Ange while Shibata puts the Kate Hajime on Daddy Magic. Parker taps out. And so the team of Hook, Orange Cassidy, and Katsuyori Shibata get the win. Uh, Fun match, four bones out of five. Another four bone match to open Dynamite. Next up, TNT champion. Well, first, um, Renee is with Adam. Renee is with Adam. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to tell me. Okay. Well, Renee is with Adam Cole in the back, uh, and Roddy and the kingdom roll up. Adam says he isn't Roddy's best friend anymore and is unnecessarily mean and kind of like a big jerk about it. Like made me feel really bad for Roddy. Um, but he did. Then he kind of like, limps off um but it's just like i'm not your best friend anymore like it's so mean i felt really bad adam cole adam cole yes okay. said that to roddy but he is not his best friend anymore he was kind of mean yeah. kind of unnecessarily mean it came off as very harsh yeah uh so what next christian, christian. cage right yep. So TNT champion Christian Cage comes out with Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, his family. Uh, he renames Luchasaurus, uh, renames him Kill Switch, like a bad, uh, like a bad like two thousands video game character name, you know. Well, he made it sound like that was named after one of his moves. Is that was that one of his moves in WWE? It was one of his moves somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's been in WWE. He's been in but when he in TNA for a bit. I think he was. It was one of his moves somewhere. I can't recall. Okay. Uh, but it sounds familiar. Uh, but yeah, he said because he wanted him to be a finisher. So he renames him after like one of his finishers. Yeah. So he is now Kill Switch. And he renames Nick Wayne the Prodigy Nick Wayne. Nick is Wayne. He the no. No. I don't think so. Uh, Nick Wayne's mother comes out and pleads for him to not be bad anymore. Uh, Christian begins to insult her and run her down, uh, telling her it's a good thing her husband's not going. Uh, I don't know. I can't read my own writing. He says that uh, it's good that Nick's dad is dead because uh, he would be, uh, Nick is embarrassed by him. And by her being a waitress. And he told her to go back to Denny's. And uh, Christian accidentally knocks her down. Uh, demands Killswitch hit her with a chair. And Killswitch is about to. Uh, but Adam Copeland's music hits. Not just hit her with a chair, but do a concerto. Right, yeah. right. Adam Copeland's music hits. He runs out, spears Nick Wayne, spears Killswitch... And Christian bails out of the ring. Uh, Copeland hits a spear, an impaler, and a concerto on Nick Wayne. Uh, messes him up bad. 
then we have a, an interview segment with Anna J, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, and Jake Hager. And Anna J is worried that the rest of the team isn't supportive of her. I don't know. Maybe they've seen her wrestle. So. Oh, poor Anna J. Yeah. While, while she's saying this, too, um, Cool Hand Ange gets a phone call, and you can see a little FaceTime picture of Ruby Soho on his screen. Yeah. Love is in the air at AEW, I think, Asa. Yeah, which I care more about their little love story than I do about anything else these characters are doing, you know? That's because they're doing nothing else. Yeah, I guess that could be why. The only story that they have going on. No, Anna Jay now has a story of being uh, insecure about their support of her. Yeah. So that's something. But isn't that related to the love story? I don't know. They, these characters are not united by anything except they used to be in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Should they still be together? I think they haven't figured out what else to do with them. Yeah. Next up, we had another. Just let me check, let me look at something real quick. Are you looking for Anna Jay's record? No, no. Something I want to bring up with uh, Swerve Strickland. Go back a minute. And so he okay. beat Jay Lethal in the opener on this show in a four-bone match. So Swerve, you know, after the, the death match with Hangman, was kind of on, we felt like he was on a world title uh, uh Trajectory? A, a trajectory, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. And maybe with this tournament, it might continue. What do you think we're going to see? Yeah? Oh, I think, yeah. So you think he's going to win it or place place I, well? I think he's going to... Definitely going to place well. Hopefully going to win it. He's who I'm for in this. Yeah. <laughs> if I could see a Swerve Brian Danielson match at, as the uh, final, ooh, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very exciting to me, the prospect of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what I would like, too, probably, is, yeah, Danielson and Swerve, yeah, in the final. I'd probably like Danielson to win. I mean, you got to forget, he's not been world champion in AEW yet, you know? Yeah, you think he's going to be sometime within the next year before he leaves? It'd be nice. It'd be nice. So I don't know. No, I feel like he's, like, focusing on putting other people over right now. Yeah, I mean, which is probably what he should do. It's for the good of the company. It's what he should do. Yeah. Yeah, so it probably would be for the best for Swerve to win it. But that was just something I wanted to, to address real quickly. Mm -hmm. So, and Luchasaurus, new name, Kill Switch. What do you think? Luchasaurus is like the coolest name in wrestling. Yeah. Because it combines two of my favorite things, luchadors and dinosaurs. And yeah. so to take that away seems like just a huge misstep. But if you want to get him over as a heel, I guess calling him Luchasaurus, maybe not the best way to do that. Right. Um, I like Kill Switch better than The Prodigy. Yeah. Because all it does is put Firestarter in my head. The prodigy Nick Wayne it doesn't make me think of, of. Doesn't make me think of that the group at all. The prodigy. Really? 
Not, not at all. Not until he brought it up. It's because they, they're calling him the prodigy, yeah. I think, is why the, the song comes in my head. Yeah, so they're both renamed or rechristened, as, as they were calling it. I'm like, now they're going to have to say, and here comes the prodigy, Nick Wayne, from the patriarchy. Like, it's so long. Yeah. Like, are they, is he changing his name to the prodigy, or that's like a subtitle? And we're I think still it's going to be the prodigy Nick Wayne, I believe. Yeah, that's too long. Yeah. So next, we had another Continental Classic Gold League match. We had Roosh of La Faccion Ingobernables versus Jay White of Bullet Club Gold. Uh, there was lots of chopping by both men. Uh, Jay White attempted the Blade Runner. Roosh reversed it and shoved Jay White into the ref. At this point, Jay White low blows Roosh, then hits the Blade Runner, and gets the pin and the win. And so this kind of illustrated how you can still cheat, uh, still be a cheating heel uh, in a tournament where outside interference is banned. So after getting the pin and the win, uh, as I said, Jay White gets the three points in the Gold League. And this match, four and a half bones out of five. Very good match uh, between White and Roosh here. Okay, what did you think of this one? That was pretty cool. Um, Roosh had two vertical suplexes followed by a brain buster like really early on in the match. Mm -hmm. That was just a really nice sequence. Um, a little too much chopping for me. Um, a lot of chopping. But the chopping did look vicious, like way more painful than the chops normally look. So there's that. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I know that they have to do like heel heat and people need to cheat to win as part of their characters and to help get other people over like, oh, he won, but he only won because he cheated. But I would just love like a clean tournament, you know? Where no one Every, cheats. Yeah, where no one cheats, where everyone's banned from ringside, no one cheats. And it's just like based on skill. Everyone just agrees to be nice guys. Yeah, just for, just for this like month. And then after that, they can go back to being whoever they are. See. Which, by the way, Roosh wrestles like a heel. I know that he's like a tweener or a face now, but just his style and his like attitude in the ring, it's so heelish. It's weird that he's not a heel anymore. Yeah, no, definitely wrestles like a heel. I agree. Yeah. He's got to get, get, figure out something where he wrestles more like a baby face, you know, mm -hmm. but he does a lot of heel moves. Like he has that one kick where he, stop short and then kicks him in the face. That's yeah. like a dirty heel, a prick thing to do, yeah. you know? And just the look on his face. He's got to change the look on his face, you know? Yeah. He just looks like a bad guy. And it's like smug, uh, tranquilo that he does, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, people like it. So he's a, he's a baby face. That's what people like now. Uh, yeah, three points for Jay White. Uh, at the post-Full Gear press conference, uh, seems Chris Jericho crashed Big Bill and Ricky Stark's press conference time. They then sneak attacked him in the hallway afterwards. And Tony Schiavone said, I don't blame them a bit for doing what they did. It's like, what? That's kind of fucked up. Because they beat, they beat the shit out of them two on one. 
just for interrupting him. just for interrupting the a yeah. news conference so god damn tony that's kind of harsh you know guess you don't mess with tony shivani i guess not so rj city and renee paquette uh presented tony storm with the women's world title she gave a short speech while mariah may looked on in adoration the most important part of this what so they were doing it like oscar style where they were like like had witty banter and they had an envelope and they opened the envelope and took out the winner and then announced tony storm and she was like oh i didn't think i was going to win but then she takes out an acceptance speech out of her dress like everyone always does it was great oh well thank you yeah there you go set it up a little more mm -hmm. and and uh mariah may brought her out the championship she was like the, the person that carries out the Oscar. She was like the carrier of the belts. There you go. So setting the scene a little more. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, short speech while Mariah May looks on in adoration until she looks on in anger a bit when Tony Storm is saying, it's my spot. It's not your spot. I'm not giving it up. Never. And no one's going to take it from me. And so Mariah May obviously has her eyes on the, the women's world title here. Another nice Oscar touch was at one point they started playing music mm -hmm. like they do with the Oscars to like hurry up the speeches and like get them to like wrap it up. And Tony Storm was like, do not play the, play the playoff music. Yeah. It was great. So Tony Storm already the champion, now the official presentation. Mm -hmm. And Tony Storm was actually just officially added to AEW Fight Forever, the video game, what? on the 22nd. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, we got to play that somewhere. Well, it costs money. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. She'll be worth it. Um, it's, well, it's, how much was it? Well, we'll talk about it all there. Okay. Uh, up next, we had a triple threat match. Sky Blue versus Anna J versus Ruby Soho. Uh, so at the end of the match here, Sky Blue barely connected on a kick. There were there were some missed spots throughout this match. Anna J did not look good. She never does. Uh, but after Sky Blue barely connected on a kick, she hit a thrust kick uh, followed by a cutter on Anna Jay for the pin and the win. And all while this was happening, Ruby Soho uh, jumped into Cool Hand Anja's arms. And I think she was trying to dodge an attack or something, but she that's what happened. She got knocked off the ring and he caught her. Oh, okay. There you go. She got knocked off the ring and he caught her. Um, but Sky Blue hit a thrust kick followed by a cutter for the pin and the win. Uh, this match, like I said, not so great. Uh, two and a half bones out of five. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe not the best, not the best match. Uh, up next, Wardlow is lifting uh, some large piece of metal for no seemingly no reason. He's doing bicep curls. When Renee walks up and asks him what he's waiting for in regards to MJF, and as far as you know when he's going to strike on MJF. And he says, the downfall of the devil is going to happen on his time. A.R. Fox walks up and says he sees uh, how Wardlow is blaming everyone but himself. And he starts talking about how he did the same kind of thing with Darby Allen. 
And Wardlow said he doesn't need advice from anyone, and then he headbutts A.R. Fox, <laughs> who, who falls to the ground. Yeah, it did look good. Yeah, it was, was a vicious one. And up next, the, the main event of the show, uh, another Continental Classic Gold League match between Mark Briscoe and John Moxley. First time ever between these two. Uh, one point early on, Moxley bites Briscoe on the head. Uh, also early on, Briscoe hits a blockbuster from the ring apron to the uh, to the floor of the arena, and Briscoe gets color, gets blood in this match here. Uh, Moxley hit a pile driver on Briscoe. Briscoe hit his finisher, the Froggy Bow, for a two count only. Moxley hits the Death Rider. Uh, looked like it was over, just a two count. Uh, but he gets the Death Rider again a couple seconds later and gets the pin and the win. Very good match between these two. A battle, well fought. Four and a half bones out of five. Very good match. This was the match of the night. Uh, Moxley defeating Mark Briscoe. This was my match of the week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. May have been. May have been. We'll see what Collision had. Mm -hmm. uh, but it may have been the match of the week. Can I point out something funny that happened during the match? What? I didn't mention? So Moxley did bite uh, Briscoe at the beginning of the match, but then towards the end of the match, Briscoe bit Moxley. Which is, like, way less effective because he has no front teeth. Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny. Definitely was. Um, and I know I'm biased, uh, and Mox did win, but I think considering the match as a whole, uh, Briscoe looked better than Mox did, although Mox did a great job selling. And, like I said, I know he won, but I feel like performance-wise... Briscoe outshined him a little bit in this match. Yeah, I mean, it was a good way to, to put Mark Briscoe over, yeah. but still give Moxley the win. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they did that. I think that was their goal, and uh, they did yeah. it. They did it. Yeah, I think so, too. It was very well balanced in mm -hmm. that way. So we had Moxley, Swerve Strickland, and Jay White. Jay White. Uh, each with three points in the Gold League uh, to end Dynamite. Mm -hmm. And then AEW Collision, November 25th from Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, they had their opening promos that they do on Collision. We had Eddie Kingston do one, then Brody King do one, and then Daniel Garcia. And then the Elton John song, Saturday's All Right for Fighting Plays. Uh, and then we have our first Continental Classic Blue League matchup where we have Claudio Castagnoli versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, at one point here, Claudio, outside of the ring, hits the big swing on Garcia back and forth on the guardrail. Uh, pretty damaging-looking spot. And eventually, Claudio hits the Ricola bomb and pins Garcia for the win and the three points in the classic. And this was a good opener for the show. Four bones out of five. Excuse me. Four bones out of five. And up next, Eddie Kingston. 
at a promo, and he was just kind of reiterating that he's put up his Ring of Honor World title and New Japan Strong Openweight title for the Continental Classic. So I have a question about this promo. Yeah. That was weird. Um, he says he's just here so he doesn't get fired. Or fined, rather. Sorry, fined. He says he's just here so he doesn't get fined. Is he, is he claiming that he has to pay a fine if he refuses to do a promo? I think so, yeah. That's so absurd. But he doesn't want to be a flashy wrestler. He doesn't want to be doing promos. He wants to be in the ring. That's his... That's his character. He doesn't want to talk. He has some. Um, He says that he does want this to be the most prestigious tournament in the world. I thought that was nice. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's no New Japan G1, but by the time it's done, who knows? It may get there. The matches have been pretty excellent so far. I mean, it's fantastic this is the first time i've seen a round robin tournament and i love it yeah it's a, it's a good time uh, up next we had a handicap match kill switch versus the boys dalton castle's boys and you'll remember that kill switch is the new name of luchasaurus mm-hmm. kill switch choke slammed one of the boys from inside to the outside uh, apron of the ring that was brandon and he connects with a lariat to the back of one of the boys' heads and pins him for the squash win in this handicap match. That was right. Okay. Afterwards, Kill Switch choke slams one of the boys onto a steel chair. That was right. Then Adam <laughs> Copeland hits the ring to prevent any further abuse. Copeland hits Kill Switch with a chair, rips a piece off, and executes a crossface with a bar in uh, Kill Switch's mouth. Uh, Co- this was nuts. Yeah. I've never seen anyone use a piece of a chair as a weapon before. Copeland uh, did it in his last run with WWE. Okay. Yeah. I didn't watch that. Uh, Copeland then hits a concerto uh, to a curb stomp and hits a second concerto even on Kill Switch because he won't stop... Uh, coming at him. He won't stop trying to get up. Uh, but, the, you know, he just had to beat the life out of the prodigy Nick Wayne and beat the life out of Killswitch now, and he's coming for uh, Christian Cage. Uh, so Copeland comes to the back and challenges, that's just what he does, he challenges Christian Cage to a TNT title match on December 6th. Why December 6th? Um, in Montreal. Is one of them from Montreal? That I'm not sure of. Uh, I, I know Copeland. I think he's from Toronto. They're both from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure from where Christian is. Um, yeah, challenges him for December 6th. I don't know why December 6th. You said because it's in Canada? Well, that's my, that was my guess. Like, if, if one of them maybe was from Montreal hmm. or just because it's in Canada. Maybe just because it's in Canada. But Christian has not accepted yet, so we'll see if that match actually happens. Usually on AEW, if someone says a date, it's it happens. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't been made official yet. Uh, we haven't seen a graphic yet. So unless they set a date to be like Christian to be like, 
I'm going to pick the date and time, and it's not going to be December 6th. It's going to be at World's End, you know, or something like that. Yeah. That was my question. That was a great, uh, great impression. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> When's the last time Christian defended the TNT title anyway? You know? He doesn't defend it much. No. I don't he's care like, for it. like the Roman Reigns of AEW. Yeah. I don't care for it. Yeah, I can't think of the last time that he defended it. Mm-hmm. That was a great promo, by the way. We didn't talk about the quality of the promo. Yeah. That was a really good Edge promo. Yeah. Cop I believed him. Mm -hmm. Copeland was very... Uh, sorry, Adam Copeland, sorry. Very fired up. Yeah. Uh, up next, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews of the House of Black taking on Gravity and Commander. Uh, there's a shotgun dropkick and a tornado DDT by Commander at one point. Also, at one point, Commander rope, rope ran from one turnbuckle to another, jumps to the perpendicular rope, and then flips off the top rope onto Malachi and Matthews on the floor. It was amazing. Uh, Malachi gets Commander, uh, who has been beat up in this match, gets him inside the ring to crawl to him, because that's all Commander can do at this point. And it's at this point that Matthews uh, comes over for the stomp, finishes him uh, for the one, two, three, the pin and the win for the House of Black. Uh, this, I, I was fearful it was going to be a squash match with Gravity and Commander involved, but they actually gave it some time and it was a pretty fun matchup. Four bones out of five. Uh, fun tag team match here. What did you think about this one? It was good. Gravity was like all over the place uh, through most of the match. Um, there was a great Hurricane Rana by Commander on an unsuspecting Malachi, which was nice because normally you don't see people like get one over on him. Uh, so I thought that was a nice touch. And up next, we have Don Callis with Hobbs and Lexi Nair on the back. No, I thought up next we had the TBS title match. Oh, I skipped that. Up next we had the TBS title match. We had the TBS title match, and it was a house rules, so open challenge, uh, and it was a no-DQ match. Uh, the champion, Julia Hart of the House of Black, defending against Lady Frost, making her return. And there were lots of pre-planned jumps and spins by Frost, which are very impressive looking, but are really nothing more than a gymnastics routine. Yeah. Uh, they don't look like they're going to, to hurt her opponent uh, or help her win a wrestling match in any way. That's my take on her. Uh, and eventually Julia Hart locks on the Heartless for a submission. Uh, Julia Hart continuing to look improved. Um, this was two and a half bones out of five. Uh, both of the women's matches this week in AEW were pretty uh, uh, shitty, I guess is the word. Mm -hmm. uh, so, And there's a deep roster here with a lot of talent. So let's see the right talent get used. You know, Marina Shafir. We've got, 
Red Velvet, Nyla Rose, Rose mm -hmm. Emi Sakura, mm -hmm. just etc. The list goes on. You know, where's Diamante, Diamante Mercedes. Mercedes? Where's Britt Baker? Mm -hmm. Where's uh, Thunder Rosa? You know, so uh, I'm not sure why Lady Frost is getting featured out of everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Don't understand what's going on with this division at all. Willow Nightingale, we forgot Willow. Willow Nightingale, yeah, thank you. Chris Statlander, we didn't even mention just mm -hmm. then. I mean, it's a deep uh, division. But, you know, you got Lady Frost and Anna Jay, maybe the two maybe the two least talented women uh, going for it. Like Lady Frost, very talented as a as an acrobat, but not as a wrestler. Mm -hmm. No, just doesn't, doesn't have it, yeah. you know. I do like that Julia Hart is continuing the uh, House Rules match matches, though, that um, the House of Black did when they had the trios titles. Yeah. I think that's neat that she's continuing that on. So, so who picked the no disqualification? That was what um, Lady Frost chose. Lady Frost chose. Okay. It was no count out. No count out. Yeah, it wasn't no disqualification. Okay. Weird. Weird yeah, if, choice. If you don't remember, because it's been a while, and the open house rules match, uh, one that's an open challenge. Um, but two, there's like certain rules uh, that are in place and one of which is the opponent gets to choose gets to have a rule of their choosing so that's different every match so it's weird that someone who relies entirely on springing off of the ropes and bouncing off of the ropes would choose a no count out mm -hmm. what's she going to do out there yeah I know that's a good question doesn't make sense makes no sense at all yeah it's a good point uh, next, Powerhouse Hobbs and Don Callis are with Lexi Nair. Uh, Callis says Hobbs could get Chris Jericho or Kenny Omega. So, looks like Callis, uh, Callis and Hobbs may try and stop them from getting the, the tag titles off of Starks and Big Bill. So, I don't know. Is there some alliance between Callus and Starks and Big Bill? Is that what was implied there? I'm not I'm not certain. Or are they just wanting to cause guys. mischief? Yeah. yeah. Just... I think they just don't want good things to happen to Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Yeah. But there could be an association between, mm -hmm. between, uh, between them and Big Bill and Ricky Starks also. Correct. So... Yeah. And speaking of tag teams, up next we had FTR versus The Righteous. Uh, Vincent starts the match attacking Cash Wheeler's kidney areas. Uh, eventually Dutch went for a senton on Cash. No one was home. Landed flat on the mat. Uh, eventually FTR hit the shatter machine on Vincent for the pin and the win. FTR get the win in the tag team division. This one I gave three and a half bones out of five. Would have been higher, but they just uh, they didn't give the righteous enough offense in the match for it to rate any higher. I don't think they gave the match enough time. And they didn't give the match enough time. I agree. And the righteous, they're a good team. So yeah. I hate seeing them get just jobbed out, mm -hmm. and brought up to be jobbers. Um, Especially like 
like the last time we saw them, they were with Jake the Snake and Lance Archer. Right. And neither of those guys were there this time. So it's yeah. confusing. Yeah. Because I feel like that could be a really cool story. About yeah. Their new family or whatever. Right. Um, and it shows at least that AEW has some faith in them, put them in a new stable mm-hmm. with fucking Jake the Snake, a legend. Yeah. But no. I think it's a little odd they put him with Jake the Snake just because, like, normally when you give someone a manager, it's because they're not so great on the mic. And Vincent's good on the mic, you know? Uh, oh, he's okay on the mic. Uh, but My thing is just Jake the Snake fits their vibe. Yeah. Kind of backwoodsy. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not culty, kind of no, but but yeah, kind of backwoods. You never know what he, what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Like a wild man? Yeah. Yeah. So I think Jake Roberts very much fits with them. And if they'll put him with them, I think it could be a very interesting mm-hmm. association. But as to why they introduced the team and now he's not with them, I have no idea. It's, it's, it's kind of lapse in consistency. Mm-hmm. That I feel, you know, hurt AEW. You know, when it's hard to keep up with the story or to keep up with the characters when one week they're this and they're in a stable with Jake the Snake and Lance Archer and the next week they're totally alone again mm-hmm. with, no, with no support on the outside. Like, are they in the stable or aren't they? Yeah, that's a good You call. know, if they are, they should be out here. That's how a stable works. If they aren't, why'd you do it for one fucking week? Mm-hmm. Baffles me. Some of the some of the some of the moves, you know. And I and and I hate to see it. And I hate to, to to be negative. I don't I don't like going into the negative and complaining. You know, I like AEW. I love AEW. I want it to succeed, but I gotta mention the negatives when I see them. You know. Well, it's because we want them to succeed. And yeah. I feel like you have to talk about the negatives and that's to tell them how they should improve. You know? Yeah. Because we know they're listening to us and taking our advice to heart. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, somebody get the tape. Well, look how old I am. The tape. Somebody. Get your VCR and uh, record this and then get the, get the VHS tape to uh, Tony Khan. Somebody get the laser disc laser of this disc. To, uh, to Tony <laughs> Khan. Yeah. Uh, up next, uh, Darius Martin and Action Andretti, who tried to kill. Uh, Roderick Strong uh, are backstage uh, backstage talking about how something is missing and Dante Martin walks up, says he's coming back and now I think we have a new trios team or perhaps the makings of a fabulous Freebirds-like revolving tag team perhaps Uh, but probably more likely I think a trios team or like the New Day for a more modern reference. Or like the New Day, yeah, where men kind of rotate in, rotate out, and but they're considered part of the same tag team. Um, Which so, is what I thought they were going to do with the House of Black, but they don't seem to be doing that. No. Well, no, like no. a bro- special name for Brody and Malachi, yeah. but like not when Buddy's with them. Yeah. Like, so well, Malachi and Buddy are new. As a tag team, yeah. and that's because Brody King is in the Continental Classic. Yeah. So kind of out of uh, necessity. Necessity, yeah. Because for whatever reason, 
Malachi has been working only tag matches for the last, uh, you know, several months, however many months. You know, I can't think of the last time he had a singles match. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the last time he had a singles match. I mean, well, he was out for a while too. Yeah, but once he's returned, yeah. he's been working only mm -hmm. tag team matches. So I'm not sure if whatever injury he had only allows him to to go in the ring for spurts or what the deal is, or if he doesn't want to work a, a whole match. I don't know. Maybe he just likes being a tag team. Maybe, yeah, maybe that. Uh. Up next, Ricky Starks and Big Bill are shown attacking Chris Jericho. From the media scrum, they're just really showing it. Right, right, they're showing it again. Uh, and then we have promo clips from Swerve Strickland, from Mark Briscoe, and from Jay White regarding their wins in the Continental Classic. They they won their matches and then did uh, promos like promos for online after the fact. Before that, you had a really big speech from Big Bill. Did you write down anything for that? No, was I? Tony Schiavone uh, was in the ring with Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Oh, I missed After that. they showed the recap of them beating up Jericho. Remember, he made, like, all those weird basketball references, and then there was, like, a minute where he was just, like, naming basketball players from the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is not a great promo. The crowd started wetting him, which, like, Please don't start that. I liked the promo, you? personally. No. That's because you like basketball. No, I liked the promo. It was good. Um, but the crowd in AW doesn't normally what the, uh, the wrestlers, and I would love it if they never did that ever again uh, after doing it this one night. Where were they? They were in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh. they did it when they were in Chicago also. Oh, yeah, because they're complaining fans blamed on the Chicago fans being crappy fans. Yeah, they did it to someone in Chicago. I forget yeah. whom. But they did it to someone in Chicago. I don't need to see an AW. Yeah, no, I hate that shit. I hate the wedding. It's disrespectful to the to the guys who were trying to, and ladies who were trying to tell a story. And it's disrespectful to your own fucking money. You paid to come and watch these stories being told, and you're going to, you're going to, purposely just ignore them and what through what you should be listening to mm -hmm. the fuck's wrong with you, you fucking dumb fuck it's disrespectful to the craft that's why i dislike it it is it's disrespectful and it's fucking stupid mm -hmm. too yeah um so yeah we had the promo clips from these these interviews uh, and then we had Keith Lee versus Keith, or excuse me, versus Lee Moriarty. Uh, Lee pounces Moriarty like a football player at one point. Uh, and Lee puts Moriarty in a power slam and pins him in this squash match. Not much to it. Not interesting. I think they just put it on because I think Moriarty, they said, is from Pittsburgh. Oh, that makes sense. You know, just too much of that on, on collision, too much of the, the jobbers, of the jobbing, of the squash matches. You know, they're not, if they're trying to be in a race with WWE, I said it before, they can't have these squash matches. 
they gotta they gotta stop they have to stop uh, Keith Lee says he's tired of not getting opportunities so he's going to conf uh, find and confront him and take an opportunity and by him I don't know if, if we're talking about Shane Taylor who he, he had a budding feud with a few weeks ago or if they're talking about Swerve Strickland, who he had a budding feud with months ago that never happened. Yeah, but, it was really confusing. But yeah, it was confusing. Uh, you don't need to be confusing in, in telling us whose ass you're going to kick. Just tell us whose ass you, you want to kick. It doesn't need to be shrouded in mystery. Mm -hmm. You know, it's things like this. It, you know, where the AEW booking, where you're trying to... You're trying to make it a mystery who he's mad at? What does that do for the fans? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Except confuse them. confuse them. We have no nothing to look forward to because we're not really sure who he's referring to. And we know Keith Lee is going to be in whatever match happens. <laughs> so also nothing to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, up next, we had uh, the Continental Classic uh Blue League match, and this was the main event. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Brody King of the House of Black. Uh, chops to start, lots of chops. Uh, Brody King pile drives Kingston, a nice pile driver. Uh, Brody King uh, hit the Dante's Inferno sit-out powerbomb after a, after a pretty long battle between these two, and he got the pin and the win and the three points in the Continental Classic. I feel like this was an upset. I feel like it was in in terms of in terms of where they stand in the promotion, yeah. it's an upset. But if you look at them physically, Eddie Kingston who d looks like he couldn't he couldn't spell Jim much less has been to one. Uh, you look oh, at him. You look at him up against Brody King. Like who? Who does it look like is gonna win? You know, so in that way, yeah. not much of a, uh, an upset. Like I would have been kind of offended if they if they wanted me to believe that Eddie Kingston beat Brody King mm -hmm. cleanly or anything like that. You know, um, but as far as where they stand in the promotion, it was an upset. Oh yeah, yeah. As far as that, it definitely was an upset. Uh, but I gave it four bones out of five, and this was the match of the night. Definitely for Collision. Um, and Collision, just again, not as strong a show as Dynamite. Ne never is. Um, feels like it's just turning. And aside from the Continental Classic stuff, which was, was very good, feels like it's just kind of spinning its wheels, you know? Uh, and we had a little stuff talking about the Starks and Big Bill you know, wanting to fight Jericho and 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 and, uh, and Omega, mm -hmm. we had that. But then we had you know squash. We had FTR beating the Righteous in a what was too, you know, too too one sided a match. We had Julia Hart and Lady Frost, with Lady Frost flipping everywhere. We had Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews winning. Well, it was a pretty you know pretty even match. That was a good match. Then we had a handicap match. You know, what's the point of that? We knew who was going to win all along. I'm just saying, collision every week, it feels like 
most of the matches, we know who's going to win before the match begins. Yeah. And that makes for a boring show, you know? I mean, the wrestlers can go out there and put on as good a match as they want. But there's only so exciting it can be when you know who's going to win every time. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. Kill Switch versus the boys. We know Kill Switch is going to win. Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews, we've been con- conditioned. We know the House of Black is going to win. Mm-hmm. Julia Hart and Lady Frost, we know Julia Hart's going to win. FTR and the Righteous, we know FTR is going to win. Keith Lee, Keith uh, Lee Moriarty, we know Keith Lee is going to win. You get my point here? I mean, over half the show is matches where we just know who, who's going to win. Even if you hope Boring. that they don't win, like you're just going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because they're going to win. Because they're going to win, yeah. Like, I was hoping that, that the Righteous were going to win. This was going to be, like, the start of a big push for the Righteous. No. But I just got disappointed because, of course, FDR won. Yeah, I knew that there was no yeah. no hope in I that. knew there was no hope, but I really wanted it. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I'm saying. This yeah. with, and, and Dynamite isn't that way as much as Collision is. Correct. But Collision, almost every week, I feel like I'm saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's just too predictable. Give me something that surprises me. Yeah. You know? And I feel like the last few weeks have they've been really guilty of that. More so than previously. Yeah. You know. Like they at one yeah. point were giving us like Miro versus Andrade or something, you know, like where we really either one of them could be winning this. Mm-hmm. Uh but not not recently. So what's up next? Well, do we wanna do the news? So, Tony Khan says he can't legally talk about CM Punk's WWE return. Yeah, in case you haven't heard. In case you haven't heard, yeah. CM Punk's at WWE. Of course you've heard. But why can't he legally talk about it? It's, It's unclear. That doesn't make sense to me. Because uh, there's no sort of, you know, as far as I- anyone that I know has heard about, there's no sort of legal proceeding involving Tony Khan and, and CM Punk. Maybe it's just an easy way to get out of answering the questions. Oh, legally, I can't talk about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, uh, it's, yeah. it's odd. Unless maybe his lawyers advised him to never speak of punk so that he doesn't get sued for defamation. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. But he can't legally talk about, which is the same thing they said when the the Bucks are asked about, you know, seeing punk. They can't legally talk about it. But there's never been any sort of like lawsuit, has there? In case, unless it's happened in private and it's been sealed... And they've signed some sort of non-disclosure agreement. I think it, I think that's what it is. I think it's a non-disclosure. Something, agreement. yeah, yeah, it has to be. Well, with Punk in this case, I don't see why there would have been a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, because he just got fired. Yeah, like we know why he got fired. That was out in the open. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but that's what he said. Uh, Brian Danielson is returning to in-ring competition on Collision on Saturday. So that's some good news. One of the best in the world, if not the best, returning Saturday. I believe he's wrestling Eddie Kingston. 
Okay. Yeah, he's part okay. of the Continental the Classic. Classic. Yeah. The Blue League. Uh, Dante Martin returned on collision, as we said. Uh, he had been out since March, and he's heading to his hometown Wednesday for Dynamite. What? Where is that? I don't remember. Okay, where, wherever his hometown <laughs> is, that's where they're heading. Uh, I think that's why I wrote hometown and not a specific city. Uh, Wheeler Utah on, on Rampage on Saturday. Uh, it was on a special night to, they were trying to program against Survivor Series a little. Wheeler Yuta won the Ring of Honor Pure Championship from Katsuyori Shibata. Uh, pretty good match. This is third Pure Championship, Wheeler Yuta. Wait, that doesn't make sense. If they moved Rampage to Saturday to compete with Survivor Series, why did they put it at 7 when Survivor Series wasn't on yet? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Odd. Yeah, they should have put it from 10 to 11. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Being the Elite, the Young Bucks uh, podcast series, is done with no plans to return. And actually, I just heard today, uh, supposedly starting up is Being the Dark Order. What? Yeah, which I, I think Ooh. Brandon Cutler might be involved with. He's the one who either tweet, tweeted it out or whatever he Cheers, did. He yeah. shared it somewhere. Um, X'd it out. X'd it out. Yeah, Being the Dark Order is, is the next project like That's that. That's awesome. Uh, Ethan Page is now a permanent resident of the United States. So welcome, all ego. He's, he is originally from Ontario. We thanked AEW uh, on on social media for making this possible for him. And he said making his dream come true. Uh, last week's collision and rampage drew record low viewerships. Like I said, collision, step your shit up. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have no one to blame but yourself. Booking squash matches and, like I said, super predictable matches and you got this roster of stars fucking get these fuckers to fight each other you know these a-list talents get them to fight each other you know there's no reason why we're waiting for pay-per-views to have a-list talent fight b-list talent even or mm -hmm. or b-list talent to fight b-list talent we have enough people on this roster to keep the matchups fresh Get these fuckers fighting each other. I don't need to see Lee Moriarty anymore. <laughs> you know? Uh, What's confusing, too, is, like, Dynamite is so good. Yeah. And they do it so well on Dynamite. But it's the same booker, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so what is what is happening? I don't know. Yeah, Collision, not good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and like I said, these predictable matches, these hyper-predictable matches... Mm -hmm. It makes for a boring show. As jazzed as you want to get about the AEW product, like I said, it can only be so exciting when you can predict what's happening in every match, almost every match. Yeah. Uh, Triple H, Paul Levesque, says Jade Cargill's development, quote, was limited. 
He wants her adequately prepared for whatever WWE throws at her. So apparently her time at the Nightmare Factory and her time with Brian Danielson did not adequately pre- uh, prepare her for WWE. So I included that in the news just because I felt like it was relevant to AEW saying yeah. that they don't prepare their wrestlers, basically. Right. And, and also... Um, God, there was another trainer who had her for a while, and I can't recall who. Anyways, there was somebody else who trained her. So it's kind of a shot at them as well. Interesting. And that is the AEW news. So the rankings? The top five. It's the AEW top five rankings. Every week we rank the top five men, the top five women, and the top five teams. Our ranking system is super secret, super proprietary, and super special. We'll never, ever share the secrets behind it. And uh, I guess that's all I can say about it, really. That's all you're allowed to say. That's all I'm legally allowed to say about it. Uh, So where do we want to start? Men, women? Let's start with the women. Teams, women. Uh, Number five this week, back in the lineup, back in the rankings, I should say, Ruby Soho. Number four, former TBS champion, Chris Statlander. Uh, Number three, up two spots from number five, even though she lost in that triple threat match, uh, Sky Blue. Uh, Number two, uh, same spot as last week, TBS champion, Julia Hart. Statlander didn't lose in that triple threat match. She won. Oh, I'm sorry. She won the triple threat match. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. She's up up to third because she won the triple threat match. I thought that didn't make sense when I said it. Mm-hmm. She's up to third because she won the triple threat match. Uh, number two, Julia Hart, uh, because she su- successfully defended her belt against Lady Frost. And number one, the women's world champion, Tony Storm, also number one last week. Uh, she's timeless. And yeah, she's timeless. Uh, so where do we want to go, men or men. teams? Men. men. Uh, number five, uh, maybe making his debut in the top five, uh, Brody King. Got three points in the Connell Classic, beating Eddie Kingston. Uh, number four, down two spots from last week, uh, the number one contender to the world title, Samoa Joe. Didn't have a match this week, though. Uh, number three, staying at the same spot as last week, uh, Swerve Strickland also got that win over Jay Lethal in the Continental Classic. Number two, back on the list, uh, he got a win in the Continental Classic, John Moxley. Who did he beat again? John Moxley beat Mark Brody. Or not Mark Brody, Mark uh, Briscoe. Briscoe, yeah. And number one, staying in number one, the AEW World Champion, and one half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, MJF. So you got number one, MJF. Number two, John Moxley. Number three, Swerve Strickland. 
Number four, Samoa Joe. Number five, Brody King. And I didn't do the women's rundown. You got number one, Tony Storm. Number two, Julia Hart. Number three, Sky Blue. Number four, Chris Setlander. Number five, Ruby Soho. And last but not least, the teams. This is tag teams and trios teams. Number one, or no, excuse me, number five, making their uh, debut on the list, Hook, Orange Cassidy, and Katsuyori Shibata. They got that trios win over Jake Hager, Daddy Magic, and uh, Cool Hand Ange. Uh, Number four, down one spot from number three. They continue to fall as they have disappeared into the shadow zone. Uh, The acclaimed and Daddy S, the AEW World Trios champions. Uh, Number three, returning to the list, uh, FTR, with that win over the uh, The Righteous. The Righteous, thank you. Uh, Number two, staying in number two from last week, the Golden Jets, the number one contenders to the AEW World Tag Team titles. And number one, keeping their spot from last week, the AEW World Tag Team champions, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. So you got number one, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Number two, the Golden Jets, Omega and Jericho. Number three, FTR. Number four, the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. And number five, Hook, Orange Cassidy, and Katsuyori Shibata. And those are your rankings for this week. And so last week we didn't have a uh, question of the week. What what do we call it? Topic Topic of the week. Topic of the week. week. Uh, because we had uh, full, gear. To, full gear to cover. But this week, we do have a topic of the week. Mm-hmm. And it's a topic that I saw a lot, uh, a lot of this posted uh, on the internet this week, so I wanted to discuss it here on the show. And so the topic is, is AEW dying? I saw a lot of it that said when CM Punk returned to WWE, oh, AEW's dead. Oh, this is the death blow. They're dying. Oh, they're WCW number two now. It's only a matter of time. And so on and so forth. And, I mean, just I saw it everywhere. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the people who posted it aren't even old enough to remember WCW so what the fuck would they even possibly know about the kind of forces that would create the ending of a of a wrestling promotion? But I digress. Uh, let's let's discuss it. Uh, is is AEW dying? Okay. No. Okay. Not at all. Um, I feel like. One, people are looking at this like AEW and WWE are on the same level as far as like being a business goes, and they're not. They're not even close. The numbers that WWE does blows AEW out of the water every week. Oh, yeah. And has since AEW started. So AEW is not in competition with WWE. AEW is in competition with itself to just constantly put out a better product. And after we roll on Collision, I can't really say, and they are. But if you look at their pay-per-views, they are they still. Are. You know, I mean, they are still. 
one of the biggest complaints that I mean, people... still, all that being said, I, I enjoyed Collision more than what I saw of Survivor Series. Yeah. So. Yeah. So even a, even a predictable AEW show, show is is preferable. Uh, yeah, because shit, don't even get me so, it's talking about predictability. Don't yeah. even get me started on WWE. Shit. Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, don't really remember what I was saying now. Uh, You're talking about how they're not in the same league. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You go ahead. I don't know what I was saying. You're talking about how they weren't in the same league, mm -hmm. and WWE does way more business. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying. Yeah, you had nothing to add to no, that. No, I had stuff to add. I just don't remember what it was. Go ahead. Okay, maybe you'll remember it. Yeah. Uh, so is AW dying? Yeah, I'm gonna say the same thing. I'm gonna say no. Um, as Kay said, they're not. You know, they want to make the the argument that they're competing with WWE, but of course that's not really true. I mean, they're a solid number two. There's no, it's not even close to, to, to there being a real competition for number one. Now it'll be, now they've been laying the groundwork for there to be a competition someday. That's what they've been doing now. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's going to take a while to get there. I mean, WWE has been around for decades. Uh, AEW has been around for what, what, five years? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, you know, I, I think the just saying, oh, CM Punk has returned to WWE, this is going to wipe AEW off the map. You know, I don't think that's true. I think the same people who have been watching AEW are going to keep watching AEW. I couldn't, I don't know any person who I saw on the internet have the take, oh, CM Punk is going back to WWE. I'm going to stop watching AEW now. I didn't see that at all. Well, and that's like, that's the thing. Like, he didn't just leave this week. He's been gone. People kept watching the show. Well, but the point is now he's with such a big free agent is with WWE. He's actually so, with the competitor. That's true. But people could just watch both if they wanted to. You know? I mean, you don't have, watching one doesn't preclude watching the other. Yeah. Um, and so I just feel like people are playing it like CM Punk made this decision because WWE is a better company and because like that's the best place to be a wrestler. But his ass got fired, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't make a decision. He didn't make a decision. Yeah, he the decision got, got made for him. Right, and that's that's so, the way. That's what a lot of people, like you said, posting it online. What they leave out, they act like he chose. Mm -hmm. The choice was made for him. They said, "Hit the fucking door, buddy." Yeah. You know, they said, "We don't want you. Good luck." Mm -hmm. And and I think too, like AEW was fine before CM Punk. They've been fine after CM Punk. I think they're going to continue to be fine, even with CM Punk on Raw or SmackDown or wherever he ends up. And if nothing else, just based on WWE's talents, reactions or supposed reactions uh, to CM Punk joining the WWE, I 
don't know that this was a brilliant move on the WWE's part. Yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, I watched an interview where Seth Rollins referred to him as a cancer from several months ago. Uh, this wasn't recent. Uh, but I mean, like, if one of your main guys, that's how he views him coming into the company, like, that's not a good sign. Yeah. But it's all about money over there. Yeah. It's all about money over there. They don't care. They don't give a fuck what their people think about him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's WWE. You can be replaced. Mm -hmm. You know? It's going to keep chugging along, you know? Yeah. You can be replaced. They don't They don't care. Yeah. Well, I think Tony Khan proved that he also thinks people can be replaced, you know? Who? Tony Khan. I mean, he fired CM Punk. Yeah. Who was, like, arguably one of the biggest money draws. Yeah. In AEW. But it just came to a point where he couldn't... Yeah. Couldn't mm -hmm. argue... Make any argument to keep the guy yeah. anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was becoming a, a menace. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, is dying. It's now. It's not a good thing in, in perception. You know, a lot of a lot of fans, of course, don't don't understand how business works. A lot of fans don't understand that the wrestling business is a business. Mm -hmm. So. You know, a lot of them just see CM Punk went to WWE, and like you said, they think that oh, that's the place to be, because mm -hmm. that's where that's where he went, that's where he is. And you know, word is that that in AEW, that's the way CM Punk walked around and acted. They, you know, from from everything I've heard, it, it he acted like he was better than everyone there, mm -hmm. because he had made it in WWE. You know, because WWE is so much bigger than AEW, uh, you know, he acted like he was king shit in AEW because he had made it in WWE. Whereas he might not act that way in WWE because those people are at or close to the same level as he is, you know, when he's there in, a in WWE. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think as far as like, the idea that CM Punk is just going to be the first of many to leave AEW to go back to WWE. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've seen the opposite of that. Right. You know, like if you look at who's left AEW to go to WWE and not because they got fired, you have Jade Cargill and you have Cody Rhodes. Yeah. I mean, they, they released uh, Brian Pullman Jr., you know, AEW. Day. Yeah, that doesn't so, count. So yeah, I'm not right. counting that as, as as WWE taking someone away from them. No. And then CM Punk got fired, so I'm not counting that as someone taking someone away from them. But then look at all the wrestlers that have left WWE by choice to come to AEW. Not all of them was by choice. Some of them got released from WWE to go to bunch, AEW. A bunch of them. A bunch of them, yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's dying. I think that's a... Pretty ridiculous and uninformed suggestion. Well, I think the perception is that that's the way they're heading. I think the the, mm -hmm. the perception, just by these by these people who say this, mm -hmm. which is a lot of fuckers out there. I mean, I've looked at the internet a lot in the last couple of days. I think sometimes people just parrot what they hear other people saying, yeah, rather than yeah. having thoughts of their own. Yeah. 
Um, but also like well, a just, lot of people are just fucking stupid yeah. too. You got to put that <laughs> out there. That's true. Um, they also just made that big deal with uh, who is it? Discovery Warner, right? With yeah. the television deal. So I feel like they're not in trouble at all. Some of their biggest names just re-signed contracts. They just got Will Ospreay. But if you ask the average fan who is Will Ospreay, they don't know. The average wrestling fan in America, they don't know who the fuck Will Ospreay is. The average wrestling fan in America? No, but I'm saying they they need to know to make money. The fans mm -hmm. need to know who somebody is for the for the name to be able to make money. Mm -hmm. Well, he's been in Japan. I think coming to America is going to help with that. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying it's an uphill climb. Now you you got to make you got. If you're comparing CM Punk or Will Ospreay, you got one who's already a superstar and one who's unknown here, basic and unknown to a lot of a lot of fans. Yeah, but you also have one in his prime and one that's arguably past his prime. I'm just talking about money. I'm not talking about anything other than oh. money. I'm talking about making money. Yeah, but you have to continue to wrestle well to make money. Eh. And you have to stay injury free. And the older you get, the more injury prone you are. Yeah. I mean, look at how much, how long was CM Punk in AEW and how much of that time did he spend on the injured list? Yeah. He has been pretty injury prone in the, in the past several years here. Yeah. But what, going back to what you said, you know, about WWE wrestlers leaving, you know, uh, uh, names being involved and th this could just be people, you know, pulling this out of their ass. Names that have been involved in those talks of, of AEW guys headed back to WWE have been Malachi Black, uh, Andrade, Idolo, uh, names like that. Mm. Um, I've heard some even suggest Chris Jericho, which I don't see that really <laughs> happening. What? I don't see that happening. No. Uh, I, could, I could see Malachi or, or Andrade going back, sure. I could too, but that's because their spouses are there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that has to be hard to be on that kind of travel schedule and that kind of time restriction and location restriction with your spouse. Like, it's hard enough to just live a normal life, I think, if you're not married to another wrestler, but to also live to be married to a, another wrestler in another company who also has that insane schedule that doesn't match up to yours. Like, that's be really hard. Yeah, I'm sure. But it doesn't matter the reason. I'm just saying yeah. if, you know, if they do have this influx of talent, that could add even more to the, the impression that OAW is a sinking ship, you know? I don't know. WWE made Malachi sit in a closet for like nine months with a yeah. candle saying like no one's, no one's brave enough to knock on my door. Yeah. That was so stupid. If I were him, I would not go back to that company. Yeah. Like, what a waste. Yeah. That's a big waste of time. Yeah. And a waste of talent. Mm-hmm. You're going to stick him in a closet? Like, of all the things you could do with Malachi Black, or at that point, Alistair Black. Not a good use of talent. So, again, you know, this... You don't think that the, that the impression that taken by people 
about oh you know CM Punk is is there so it's the place to be you don't think that'll affect uh, the reality of things I think the only people that are going to think that are people that already don't watch AEW because anyone that watches AEW knows that he got fired yeah because they said it on the show you know I mean it wasn't like a secret that we read about in some wrestling insider magazine or whatever it was like Tony Khan said it during an episode of Collision, I think it was. Um, so I think it's just the WWE fans who watch WWE because they've always watched WWE and that's what they're familiar with and that's what they like and they don't want to try anything new. I think those are the people that are going to think that and they aren't part of the AEW community anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like AEW has got a pretty sizable fan base. And for wrestling fans that really like the actual wrestling part of wrestling, I think if they get exposed to AEW, are going to stay with AEW. Yeah, I mean that's that's the way I feel. I'm I'm with it, you know. I'm with it till it till it goes down. That's for sure. I mean, I don't think it's going down. I th- you know it has a ton of money behind it. Um, I forget the exact number, but you know the the way what happened was the father, uh, whose name I forget, Mr. Khan. Mr. Khan. Yeah. He said, you know, he gave, he gave Tony X amount, X amount of millions because he wanted to see what his kids would spend his money on when he were gone, you know? Uh, and I forget how much was there, but I mean, he, he gave him a sizable amount, you know? God, that paying taxes on that really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget the amount now, but it was, it was a lot. So I don't, I don't think AEW has reached the, the end of its checkbook mm-hmm. uh, yet. Not even close. And they still have a TV contract, of course. Now, the TV contract, how happy... The TV contract. How happy are they going to be with it? Uh, how happy is the TV uh, provider? You know, Warner. How happy are they going to be with the ratings? I mean, we'll see. But it's uh, a difficult time slot. So what what they replaced probably wasn't doing as well in the ratings either. And it's not like they're getting murdered in the ratings. Like sports kill them, but like other. TV shows, they're doing well, you know? Yeah. They're just not just, getting the numbers WWE is getting. Yeah. But I think that the companies that signed them on didn't have that expectation, or at least if they did, they'd be stupid for thinking that was a possibility, like for a new company. Yeah, I just... Those kinds of numbers. I just think right now they're in a, they're in a very good spot as far as their TV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a big question mark is where will their next contract take them? Because if they can stay in the same spot, it's a good spot to build. WWE is moving to CW, isn't it? I'm not sure exactly what all is happening with that. Not sure. I heard, I think I heard NXT is moving to the CW. I thought it was NXT. It's on as big a network as TNT and TBS and have the advertising and shit that they do, but everyone gets you. If you have cable, you have the CW. I mean, excuse me, if you have television, 
Mm-hmm. You have the CW. Yeah. Well, if you have an antenna. If you have an antenna, yeah. Well, yeah. If you make any attempt to want to watch a, te- a, te- a television at all, you have the CW. Well, like some people just have like Netflix and stuff, you know what I mean? Well, that's my point. I'm saying if you have any attempt to have TV channels, oh, you TV have channels. the CW I got you. I got you. I got you. somewhere. But that's not necessarily so with TBS and TNT. So uh, maybe CW wouldn't be that bad. I don't know. But but my my point is, you know, that'll be a big point of uh, a big part rather of A and AW's uh, coming years. It's going to be what their next TV contract is, mm-hmm. and where's that land? Uh, where's that land them? You know, is it some obscure channel that people are really having to search for? Hopefully not. Uh, well, I think if they bring their catalog to HBO Max, like along with their pay-per-views, you know, I think that's going to do a lot for the company. Well, that would be cool, but I mean, then where do people watch the show? No, you can still sense. watch the new ones on the channels, but have, like, the same way WWE does with Peacock. I mean, yeah, that would be cool, but I'm just talking about the the weekly shows, you know. But I'm saying that would expose people to it that maybe not haven't been exposed to it before. Yeah. And it would be exposing them possibly to their pay-per-views, which is the best version of them. True, true. But they're making so much money with their pay-per-views. That's like the biggest working part of their company mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I don't know how much they'd want to change that. Well, I just meant for their back catalog. I didn't mean yep. for their current pay-per-views necessarily. Yeah. But I don't know. It's so awesome that they put their back catalog on there. Yeah. That'd be very exciting. Yeah, we have a lot of it. So. Yeah. <laughs> but not all of it. Um, anyways, but so there are a lot of question marks as far as AEW. Um, that's how it's going to be. I mean, AEW is second spot fighting to. AEW is doing record business? Yes. Yeah. Like bigger than like the Attitude Era record business? Yes. Wow, I have no idea. Yeah. Why? Their product is not good. Not well, not to us, but enough people like yeah. it. They're doing record business, not not record TV numbers, but as far as arena and like uh, okay. merchandise. Yeah, I thought you meant TV. No, 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 no. Okay. As far as like arena shows and uh, pay per views and things like that. Doing record business as far as as far as those things, not in every respect, but as far as in those measures, arena shows and like I said, pay per view. I think merchandise sales, um, they're doing record business, but of course, inflation, you know, has yeah. has to do with a lot of that. Um, also, the increase in ticket prices. Right, um, but. I had a point and I got off, I got off track. Um, but right. My point was that, you know, AEW has, has to do some things to, 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 to tighten up, you know, and we talked about them a little when we talked about collision this week, you know, talk about making match outcomes, not as predictable, mm-hmm. uh, using the right people, you know, get these jobbers off my fucking TV. You've got maybe the best roster, maybe the best roster in the history of the world. You got one of them. Uh, they got a damn good roster right now. Um, 
feel like if they can get Zack Sabre Jr., they'll be complete. <laughs> that would like be the, nice. The missing piece to the puzzle. I mean, they really do have a, a fantastic roster, but the but the problem is they don't give us enough A versus A matches. They don't give us even enough A versus B matches. Mm-hmm. You know, like A versus D. Yeah, or like C versus a, B. A versus who the hell is that? Yeah, you know, like. And like you know, like oh, this week, where where was Kenny Omega? Nowhere. Why? Why wasn't he on the show? You know, I just don't I don't get it. He's one of the biggest draws, one of the best wrestlers in the world. He wasn't on either fucking television show. What's the fucking reason for that? Maybe he needed a week off. No, but they do that all the time. He yeah. he takes weeks off all the fucking time. What's the reason for that? That's no way to build a company. No way to build a company. Well, a lot of their wrestlers also could, wrestle in other promotions. Yeah, but I could point to other wrestlers and say the same thing. Yeah. They just... You know, they don't have enough of a core roster that they actually use to get things to get things going. Mm-hmm. They'll use somebody and then you won't see them for three weeks. And so then their stories can't get any traction because they got to constantly remind you this happened last time. You know, you, they, mm-hmm. the stories can't get any traction because they, they won't reuse the same people enough for the story to get traction on its own, you know? Yeah. Uh, or to get traction just out of what is happening on the show without them going to tell you, oh, this happened, and then th- this happened too, six weeks ago. This happened eight weeks ago. You know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so are they dying? No. Is there some stuff they got to fix? Yeah, definitely. Um so hopefully they do. Um, hopefully they do. Um, hopefully somebody is talking to Tony Khan and telling them, you know, hopefully Jericho and Brian Danielson are seeing these things that we're seeing uh, and is is telling them, is telling him, hey, you got to fix this stuff, you know. Uh, hopefully somebody's talking to him about fixing it. Or else, you know, the promotion could be in trouble because mm-hmm. no matter how what roster he has, or no matter how much money he has, if the shows aren't entertaining enough, and if the stories aren't told well enough, people are going to watch on other stuff. They'll watch TNA. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can put on a better show, they'll watch TNA. I mean, me if if TNA can put on a better show, I'll watch TNA. I just want to watch the best wrestling show. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm loyal to whoever can put on the best show. So, and that's me, you know. Um, so hopefully they can get their shit together and because AEW has the, I mean, I think is the best promotion. Um, now, not if we're talking business. That's just a personal, uh, what I enjoy the most. Uh, AEW is the, the best promotion, is the most enjoyable. Um, but if these things that we're discussing, if they keep being, being left unchecked, then it will, then it will be a sinking ship. It's not, it's nowhere near there yet. Uh, in fact, I think they've been doing very well this year. They've had a run of, you know, six or seven pay-per-views. They've just been terrific. Um, 
um, and that have been selling well also, uh, been doing business. And, and as I said, have put together one of the best rosters in the history of pro wrestling. So they've got a lot of good. And so if they can just shore up what's, what's not being executed properly, then, uh, then they can be back on, on sound footing again to make a run at WWE. Um, but not until then, not until they've, they've gotten some of these basics that I'm talking about uh, taken care of. Um, okay, any other thoughts on, uh, on this topic? No, I feel like that was a good summation. So folks, so yeah, that's our, uh, that's our conclusion. AW not dying, no. Mm-mm. I think the people on the internet who have said that are off on a, a weird... Uh, I don't know what even got people started on that this week. Uh, people get really excited about things, don't they? And just swing one way and swing the other way and swing this way and probably... It's like everything is, is, is in extremes. There's no like gray area. Yeah, and probably couldn't tell you fucking thing one about business, about how to run a business either. Um, much less fucking try and explain to me why a wrestling company is going out of business is like, get the fuck out of here. You know, <laughs> you couldn't talk tell, talk to me about how to run a business, much less how to run a wrestling company. Get the fuck out of here. Um, so when can folks hear from us again, Asa? Folks. Well, and why can I, that, that would be the other question. Why can I tell? Because I read, because I've read a lot of shit. From people who have been there. In books. In books, yes, yes, in books. Information is printed in books. These things that they hide at things called libraries uh, and bookstores. And, uh, yeah, I've read stuff by, you know, by wrestlers, by executives in the business, by managers, etc. cetera. Uh, so I, I think I have a pretty good handle of how the business runs Uh of what things fuck up the business of what things work of what things don't. And, uh, I was in the business, not at any sort of high level, but just, again, I'm not talking on my ass here. I actually was in the, the independent wrestling business as a manager for a little while. So I'm not just talking like someone who, who wants to, you know, sound like Johnny, Johnny King of all, I, you know, I was, uh, Johnny King of all. Who's Johnny King of all? You know, like you're on your high high throne and you want to sound like you know everything. Johnny King Johnny of all. King of all right. But uh, but like I said, I was in in independent wrestling, uh, so that's why uh, why me. I just want to answer when I'm saying why all these other people don't know and why I do. I just want to put that out. That's why I do. Mm-hmm. Um. So you can uh, disagree with that if you want, but all those things I just said are true. So anyways, when's the next time people can hear from us? Uh, it'll be... Uh, Sunday. Well, Sunday. Sunday we're doing um, a retro watch-along. So December, uh, what we used to think of, we think of Christmas... And what we used to think of was WCW Starcade. 
so Starcade was WCW's, that was like their WrestleMania show. Uh, and of course, WCW have been out of business uh, for 20 some years now. Uh, but we are going to go back and uh, throughout December uh, on Sundays, we're going to watch uh, some Starcades. Uh, and we've been watching October, we watched some Halloween Havocs. November, we watched some Survivor Series. So now we're going to watch WCW Starcades. And we're starting. Uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, I say get there at 12.45, we'll be on at 12.45 discussing the card, shooting shit, um, and then we will start the show right at 1, so do try and get there before 1 p.m. Um, and it'll be the two of us and then Dylan from Last Week in Wrestling. Right. And, uh, but yeah, and I haven't announced what Starcade it'll be yet, uh, but just watch our X account, and I will announce that very soon. Um but it will be some Starcade, mm -hmm. some good one from before the year 2000. I can tell you that. Because um, that was when WCW ended, and we're not going to start with Starcade 2000. Um, but yeah, we're going to have fun. It'll be some, uh, some history, some, uh, some fun facts about WCW and WCW history. And... Uh, you know, as always, some jokes, some kidding around. Uh, some things don't, you know, in the past, of course, don't work. So there'll be some making fun of the product, I'm sure. And it's WCW, so there might be a lot of making fun of the product. But there were a lot of really good things that happened to Starcade. So we get to see some really good wrestling also. Um, so that is Sunday, like I said, on our YouTube channel right here. Uh, no bones about wrestling. Uh, come at 1245. Uh, show will start right at one and uh, then just catch us on, here on AEW weekly every Monday at six. You can also find us on the last week in wrestling's podcast every Wednesday and Saturday for AEW watch alongs. We do AEW dynamite on Wednesdays and AEW collision on Saturdays mm -hmm. on their channel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe, tell your mama, tell your daddy, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And uh, hopefully we'll see you back here Sunday and, uh, and Monday. And see you over on Last Week in Wrestling, Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, so, yeah. So, as Mick Foley would say. As Mick Foley would say, have a nice day. Bye. <laughs>